Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. We are back, baby. We are back. We took a little one-week hiatus last week. We weren't here. We are back this week. For episode 72, we brought on a special guest to help us out. Clinical therapist, Jason Clausen. How are you doing? Good. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How was the drive down? It was great. Yeah, nice and relaxing. Just give the kids a a smartphone and everything works out. It's it's amazing how those things (laughs) work, right? Remember the trips where you you might not be old enough. I don't know how old you are, but remember taking trips where you had to like do license plate alphabet games and stuff? (laughs) I always had coloring books. It was always coloring books for me. I didn't have any technology. Yeah, now you hand a kid a smartphone and he's good forever. (laughs) Yep. And as you can tell by the voice, we have the Doc Terry Sellers in studio today. Doc, uh, how you doing? I'm so good. I couldn't be better. Fantastic. Like my life is perfect right now. <laughs> couldn't be all that golf you're doing, right? No. We don't like each other. We don't want to sit closer to Sean each other. Wants you two to... sit closer so we get in the camera. Oh. <laughs> a little more I thought you were trying to shorten up what we were saying there, and I'm like, no, you can't stop Come me. on. I'm Come talking. cuddle with me. Come, Come cuddle over with here, me. buddy. There we go. There hey, we go. Hey. All right. All perfect. right. Perfect. Back Look at the, the smile on my yeah. face. Back to the wide shot. <laughs> Look at the smile on my face now. Well, Jason has come on to talk to us about an organization that he's getting up and getting going and that he's got a lot of passion behind it. We're going to get into all of that. The organization is Giving Sunshine. Before that, though, Episode 72, part one is brought to you by Steps Recovery Centers, where they are ready to help as soon as you're ready to to get help. Reach out to them by visiting their website. That's www.stepsrc.com. Or you can give them a call. The number is 801-800-8142. And if you go to the website, uh, if you're watching this via the video version, uh, you can live chat with somebody. Again, whenever you or your loved one is ready to get help, reach out. All right, let's get into this thing. Jason Clausen. Awesome. I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Sellers. Hold on a sec. Can I point something out? Sure. You made it all the way through that intro without making a single mistake. I'm getting better. It's a miracle of modern technology. It's it's only taken 72 of these things. You got it down now. That's right. All right. Well, uh, here's how we're going to start because I'm going to start a little different. I'm not going to go to Jason first because he doesn't. He hasn't done this podcast yet. Okay. We do new and goods. We sure do. New and good. Whoa! Love it. Whoa! <laughs> Sean, Sean, we did have some, some surprises for us. What in the world was that? It's almost like a professional podcast. We have sound effects. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Jared. What is new and good in the world of Jared Miller? My new and good is I'm getting ready to go play some golf tomorrow. Now oh, my listen. gosh. I've seen you play golf. It's not new and good. It's it's new and bad. That's right. I'm going to be out digging. So, I, you know, the golf club's not supposed to be a backhoe, but somehow, magically, when I get out on a golf course, I just create divots, right? So, so that's going to be fun, but I'm excited. I'm the designated cart driver. You're like a muscle guy. Listen, muscles in golf... Not necessary. No. (laughs) The harder you swing, the further right or left the ball will go. Swing easy, baby. That's my new and good. Good. Getting ready to get on the course. All right, good. Uh, Sean. Oh, Sean just backed away from his mic. Jason, what's new and good in your world today? I think new and good is uh, about a month ago I got remarried. Oh, sweet. That's great. That's fantastic. To my sweet wife named Kirsten, and uh, that's new and good. That is new and good. Man, he topped mine. He topped mine by a long shot. <laughs> he topped everybody's right there. That's awesome. <laughs> You've been married a month and... Yeah, a month and some change, yeah. A couple mm-hmm. of days? Yep. All right. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Mr. Denovan in the corner. New and good. Oh, I don't know if I have enough time to tell you my new and good. Oh, but we need to hear I'll it. I'll keep it short. Okay, I okay. played uh, an ultimate long-form practical joke. What does that look oh, like? Can you walk me through that a little a bit? Okay, there was a, we have a uh, Christmas party years ago. One of the professors put together an 8x10 picture of himself, put it in a frame, gave it as a white elephant gift exchange. All right? Okay. Go with me here. One guy wanted it. One guy didn't get it, whatever. Uh, so the guy who wanted it was really upset. He quit and took a job at BYU Hawaii. The guy who got it quit last year and gave it to me. So it's been about four years since this event. So to play the joke on the guy, I contacted his secretary, mailed the picture to Hawaii. <laughs> Nice. She put the picture all over his office, took a bunch of photographs, sent that the picture back with the USB drive, 
And then I made a collage picture, sent it back to her to hang in his office. And I got a video where I was CC'd on 15 people going, who did this? Who, who, <laughs> this is from Utah. This was in my office in Hawaii. How did this? Who? It, just completely dumbfounded the guy. So I'm beating my chest going, that was a lot of work, but I'm getting a lot of joy out of it. That is Way. awesome, so, man. It sounds well, gratifying. Well played. It sounds gratifying. That's lovely. Well, Dr. Sellers, try to back that up. What I is got your new and good? I got nothing. Nothing. Well, I played golf today. We got paired up. I came down with my friend Mark Pepper, who Mark's been on this podcast before. He's Great a dude. clinical director at a couple of places. But um, we played golf today. I got paired up with a couple who I figured out what life's all about. Oh, They're yeah? from Scotland. If you are a golfer, like Scotland is kind of like the holy grail of golf. Mm-hmm. St. Andrews, the old St. Andrews course is like, is like Mecca. Um, they're from Scotland, but they live half the year in the Grand Caymans. Okay. So they live in Scotland in the summer and the Grand Caymans in the winter. I'm like, that's maybe what I need to do for the rest of my life. So are you coming on today to tell us this is going to be your last podcast? My last podcast. To I'm moving to, <laughs> no, I'm moving to the Grand Caymans. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm going to move to the Grand Caymans next minute. Fantastic. All right. This well, has been fun. should we get this train rolling? Let's get it. Jason Clawson. Thank you. I don't guys. know anything about you. I met you literally ten minutes ago. Awesome, even better. And so we're gonna figure. I'm the audience is gonna figure out with me who Jason Clausen is. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So tell uh, me the first memory you have. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're going deep right away. I think once you get done, you'll know enough about me and about where I've been and where I've come from and. Um, I, I, I grew up in Utah County, so with a family of seven kids. Where'd you go to school? I went to Mountain View High School. Okay. Went so to you're U- a solid orm boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to UVU and then got my master's degree at the University of Phoenix. So okay. spent most of my time in Utah County. So, And that's where uh, life began to happen when I got married. And life was going good for us for several years. And then I think where my life and uh, story begins to change was about four years ago. I remember pausing and saying, my life is so good right now. Mm. Um, A couple of things at that time, my boys were thriving in sports. They were doing good in school. We were building a dream house. Um, Actually, it was right down the street from where Ty Hansen lives. Okay. So we were going to be neighbors. Um, Hansen's all went to Mountain View, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My, I always like to throw this in and my 40 year old brother finally got married And uh, at this time, my wife lost 100 pounds. She was feeling good. The light was starting to come on. And at this time, I was the clinical director at Steps Recovery at the IOP in Orem. Great place. And and I was feeling like I'm coming into my own. Me and my wife could start to see the future. And we're like, man, this is what our life was meant to be. And uh, then my wife comes to me and she says, hey, Jason, I got this lump in my stomach. Oh, can you feel this? This is where the scary music starts to yeah. play in the movie, right? And can I just point out something real fast? Like, I had, I, I've had kind of a moment like that, you know, before, before my chaos started. And it's almost like I have arrived. Like, have you ever had that moment, Sellers, yeah. where you just oh, look yeah, around sure. and you're like, I have worked mm-hmm. my tail off to get to this point right now. <sighs> yeah. I can relax. I've arrived. Exactly. <laughs> beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. Thanks for sharing that. It, it was good. And I, a month later from that beautiful pause and moment of everything's going right, then I came and filled this lump in my wife's stomach and, uh, we felt it. And she says, what do you think it is? And I said, I have no idea. Let's wait a week and see what happens. So we waited a week, we came back and I felt the lump in her stomach and it had grown. And that's where concerns and then life began to be put on pause. How are we gonna figure this out? So we began to go to doctors and uh, begin to do some tests and nobody really could figure out what was going on. So it was a scary moment for us. And uh, again, we were supposed to live and supposed to have this happy moment in life. Sure. But it was put on pause of trying to figure out what was going on. And through a series of um, visits with the doctors, we found ourselves up at the St. Mark's Hospital up in Salt Lake. And we were with, paired up with an oncologist surgeon to do exploratory surgery to figure out what was going on. Because that's where things led us. Oncology. Dr. Sellers, I know nothing. Fill me in. Yes, you do. What is an oncologist doctor? They treat cancer only. 
I was afraid it was and, going. And there. think yeah. of the scary. This, think of how scary that sounds to have your wife going in for. Really, they're just going to take a knife and open her up and see if they can figure out what's going on. Like, how scary does that sound? Yeah, mm. and the scary thing before this was there's no family history of cancer. There's no warning signs. So this is like the biggest shock that we've ever had to deal with in our life, saying we're going to have surgery and try to figure out what this large mass is. So we're in the waiting room, <laughs> my wife's family, my sister, her best friend, and we're just sitting there waiting on pins and needles, what's going to happen. And I remember the doctor came in and just looks me in the face. Oh man, it's, I still get emotional. Sure. And she says, Jason, I'm so sorry. Your wife has stage four colon cancer. And that moment it has transformed me because in that moment, my brain just went all over the place. Like, how am I going to pay for this? How long did she have? What are we going to do? What are the treatments? How am I going to tell my boys? And my brain just began to go 100 miles an hour. And I was like, how could this happen? My, my life is not supposed to be this way. My life is supposed to be the way it was. And this is only supposed to happen to people that have lived a really long life, not people that are helping people in recovery, people that are helping people in the community and have young kids. This is not supposed to happen. For, for reference, um, and for me particularly, but for reference, how old were you at the time? So I was um, 38. Oh, jeez. And how old were your kids? Um, let's see. No, Valerie was 32. I, I believe I was 30, 32. Okay. Valley was 38. My boys were um, thir uh, 5 and 11. Oh. Yeah. And imagine, uh. I, I I feel for you, Jason. That I Thank mean, you. as you're talking, I'm getting a lump in my throat. Yeah. Think of your boys, yeah. who I just met 20, 30 minutes yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but can I lighten the story for a second? You married somebody six years older than you? Is that what you said? You no. said she was 38 and you were 32. She's 38. Excuse me. I was 42. There you go. Okay. okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's all right. Yep. Okay. You married somebody four years younger than you. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Nice job. But And even more of a shocker though too, right? Because like he's saying, you know, he, you don't expect it 38. Yeah. To find a no, mass, no. a cancerous these mass. Are, these are what 70-year-olds deal with. Yep. And yep. when she opened it up, she just saw that there was colon cancer, and then she closed it back up and says, I'm not going to mess with it. So it really changed. And then I remember her coming back into the recovery room, and when Valerie woke up, she told her the news, and, and we shared some tears, and she walked down the hall. And again, my brain was just racing. I was like, I need some answers. So I ran after her down the hallway and I said, doctor, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay for this? How long does she live? And uh, she paused me. And the phrase that has always stuck with me is she looked me in the eyes, said, Jason, it's going to be okay. She says, cancer has a way of enhancing your life. <laughs> and, and, and guys, Whoa. at the time... You don't want to hear, you go, no. I don't want my life to be, my life was good. Yeah, it's been pretty enhanced up till now. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So I, I, I think at that point I was, I became to get angry at God, angry at the situation. Why does this have it happen to me? And I just began to just get resentment towards my situation, my life. Like how could, why, why do I have to go through this when I'm trying to, do so much good in the world. It just didn't seem fair. It almost reminds me of the cognitive distortion, heaven's reward fallacy, right? I'm doing all these good things. Therefore it should equal in some kind of way, some good karma, hundred percent health, blessed life. <sighs> yeah. hundred percent. Life isn't always fair though. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I mean, I don't share this very much, but I remember working at steps recovery and we teach a lot of, when I was there, we taught a lot about vulnerability invites vulnerability. And I held on to this and I was like, should I tell them? Should they worry about me? And one of the sweetest moments I was sitting in a, in a, in a group room and I said, guys, I got something to share. And I remember sharing what was going on in my situation. And I just remember some of the guys that just 
tatted and big and just strong. They just weeped for me and they said, that's not fair. You're helping us. And it was such a sweet moment for me to be able to be rallied in the recovery community, people that really cared. And um, I'll never forget that. And it was such a special thing. Even though I was going through such a hard time, I felt so much love and support in those rooms. And it was so, it was, I mean, it's one of my favorite memories of working at Steps when I poured out my heart and they just rallied around me. That's beautiful, man. I love that. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that going back to that phrase, it's, uh, cancer has a way of enhancing your life. I'm surprised that you even remember that because in that moment, I, I could imagine just the shock. And as you alluded to, there's machine gun questions, you know, how are we going to make it through? What chances does she have? What's it going to cost? Right. Like, like I'm pretty surprised that you even remember any response. <laughs> well, but, I mean, don't, but, don't but, you agree? I hear what you're saying, but listen to the other side of that. And that is he was probably so heightened at that time. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to answer. So he was going to listen to everything she said. Oh, okay. He that wanted her to provide some answers, but, but you're right. On the other hand, some people would be so devastated that they might not hear a single thing that they had said. Well, I think when you go through a traumatic event, your brain like takes a snapshot. And in that moment, that was one of those traumatic events where my brain took a snapshot of her saying that, and I'll never forget that over and over and over again. So, and it's internalized and, and so much emotion is developed from what she said to me that day. So, I mean, from there, we were given two to three years for Valerie to live. So we said, we're going to fight this. <laughs> we're going to do everything the doctor says. And so um, we, we fought like hell. We did everything the doctor said. We did all the treatments. And then every time we'd go and get a scan, it never improved. Never improved. Nine months later, we are at the funeral at my wife saying goodbye. Mm. And, and again, it was hard because... We did everything we were asked to do. We were good people. (laughs) We're doing so much good. It's like, can we get a break? And I felt like we never got a break through the whole thing. And then nine months later, you're saying goodbye to someone that you just absolutely care. And then it's like your life is altered and changed and you got to figure out how to live life differently. And the, the hardest thing about funerals is you get so much love and rally behind them and it feels so good. And then when they leave, it's like this support vacuum happens where yeah. people want to help, but they don't know what to say. And then they disappear. And that's the loneliness. That's the scariest time. Those are the hardest moments when I'm all the, all the fog starts to sink in. And then you're like, oh no, this is my new reality. How am I going to figure out how to be a mom, a dad, how am I going to work? How am I going to provide? And it's like, I, I just feel so lost and my identity has just been changed and altered. And for a lot of people that want to help you, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, how do you help in that moment? Right? Because <laughs> man, somebody going the, through and something what's like the that right thing to say to a guy who just lost his wife. Like a lot of people shun shy away from even saying anything well i mean the thing that i don't like to hear is i'm sorry for your loss because it just sounds so insensitive it's not my loss it's the world's loss you know absolutely like it's such a good person and you want to celebrate their life not just it's me that has experienced this loss everybody that knew my wife is going through this so that had to be extremely hard on you yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> I became the, I call it the hybrid dad where I had to learn this new role where I had to be the mom. I had to be the loving, caring for my kids. And then I had to be the, the disciplinary and it, it, I just went back and forth and I, I don't think I did it well, but I did the best I can with what I had. And again, it was just asking God and grace to help me through these situations and give me the strength every day. And it was like, I, I, I go back to the recovery principles that I was teaching in recovery in my own situation where one day at a time, yeah. <laughs> um, let's do a list of gratitude. I'm just going to be grateful for today. And I just focus on the basic, basic principles that I taught people in recovery. And, and those basic things got me from day to day. But 
I get a call about eight days later after my wife passes away. My, my boss says, Jason, we're struggling. We need you back to work. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to put my mask on and I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to help. And I hope by going back to work, I can, it'll, it'll, it'll help out the situation. So I went back and I just started grinding it out and trying to figure out the best I could. The, the reality, Terry and Jared, is when I came back home, I was still grieving and I was still feeling those emotions. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And, and so I'll, you bury them for eight hours of the day, right? Exactly. And then you come home and it's like they hit you in the face. Yeah. And, and, and I remember sitting down with my son and he says, Dad you come home angry every day. Oh. And that just broke my heart that oh. my, my, my son's trying to heal. My son needs help, but I was just broken. I was just like, I, I can't help my son because I can't help me. And I was just like, ah, what am I going to do? And oh. to some, de to some degree, I don't know if this is true for you, but I would imagine if, if I'm putting on a mask and I'm going and trying to help people <laughs> recover from life events that are difficult and I'm going through a crisis myself, I would feel like a fraud. Did you ever feel that way? Like, did you ever feel like here I am teaching these things and saying these things, and yet I'm in the middle of walking through something extremely hard myself? It, it was really difficult. I mean, when people would complain about nothing, I would say, you want to hear stuff? Right. But sure. I, the, the thing that got me through too is I would, um, I would turn it over to God and say, God, I need your help. I can't do this alone. And he would just carry me through the most difficult things. And, and I believe some of the things that I said to people were life changing that didn't come from me. And it was just God carrying me through in many instances. So, um, it was hard, but, um, I did it every day and I, I credit to turning it over to my higher power and giving them strength every day. That's so, an interesting point. Go ahead. Oh, so think of that though. Like, uh, you you have gone now from a a, a a time where you maybe were a little angry at God, uh -huh. and and yet you're just weeks later, and you're still believing that He exists and can help you. Mm -hmm. That was actually going to be my my question. Really nice job. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You Thank know, you. Thank you. So I pull up today to meet to meet Jason right at, at the Hilton. Meet him. Bring him over here. And guess what? He's rocking sellers. If, if you say a Neil Young t-shirt, I'll be happy. No, it was a different kind of t-shirt. Okay. He's rocking a BYU t-shirt. <laughs> so I, I know from touchdown, <laughs> I know from my first interaction with Jason, that, that he is a man of faith. Uh -huh. Did you ever go through that time where you were, where you had some questions for your higher power for, listen, this isn't a religious podcast, but yeah. Did you ever go, why, why God? hundred percent. Like, especially when we got diagnosed, it's like, why, why I I'm, I'm working the best I can. And why do you put me through this? Why do I need to go through this? Yeah. That, I mean, it would go like this in a day or in an hour. Sure. And I would just be frustrated and upset and just like, gosh, why? Like it just keeps piling on. And I was like, this doesn't seem fair. You know, like, the, you know, the problem, there's an answer to that question, but you don't get it yet. Uh huh. Or you may get it now, but you didn't get it that day, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, like nine months. So you didn't ever completely lose it. You just kind of went through the ups and downs of of peaks and valleys on some struggles with faith, some struggles with why me. Yeah, because that's got to be a terrible, a terribly difficult thing. Yeah, it's. I, I and I tried to put myself in the right environment so that I could still stay connected. So I'd go to church, but then you get people that say, and this is another thing not to say to people that are grieving is if there's anything I can do, let me know. And if you know, grieving, you're just have so much emotion that you're trying to hold on to and telling someone how to, what you can do for them puts them over the edge. And it, it's so hard to, to, to manage and to, to get through when people would come up and ask, I would, I would wait for people to ask me the hard questions or stick with me. And then I would say, that's the person I want to continue to talk to and continue to pour out my heart because I know they're going to sit in it with me. Okay. We're about, we're less than a minute left, but what would, um, for those of us that haven't been there, what would you want someone to say to you? I just want someone to sit in my emotions. Like okay, you don't even have to you. say anything. Okay. You just sit next to me and you just stay with me take me to lunch and just sit with me 
and and that's all I need. Just see me cry or just listen to me and just be there with me because there is a void. And if someone can sit next to me, it helps Less support and I can feel that. And it's more organic, right? Mm -hmm. Because then as things come up, you're there in the moment and you can talk about it and share. 100%. Jason, you've been amazing. Oh, beautiful Part segment. one wow. is coming to an end. Join us in part two. Jason's going to gonna get a little bit more to, to his story and the things he went through, as well as his organization, Giving Sunshine. We'll see you right after this little break. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller, sponsored by Steps Recovery Center and the Hilton Garden Inn. I'm Max, one of the clinical executives here at Steps Recovery. And once you become of the Steps family, you're just a part of the Steps family. A lot of us have overcome substances, overcome addiction, and now we're able to help other people. Second of all, we're also going to help you in a way where you can afford to be helped. Third of all, we're going to give you the same quality that many organizations are charging two to three times. And it's more about you than it is about our organization. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 72 of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. We're here with our guest. Uh, sorry, I was a little loud maybe, but we're here with our guest today, Jason Clausen. If you heard segment one, it was a gut wrencher, man. I am just. Uh, we got Sellers over here wiping tears and yeah, drying it, his nose. Yeah, it's tough, yeah. man. It was a tough segment. Well, before we get into segment two, segment two is sponsored by the Hilton Garden Inn. Paul, where'd you stay last night? You mean Jason? Jason? Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. With Paul, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm actually staying there tonight and tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, the Hilton Garden Inn is a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. They treat us really well. They've sponsored our podcast uh, almost from the beginning, and uh, they have amazing amenities. So if you're traveling through southern Utah and you need a good place to stay, give them a Google search. Just type in Hilton Garden Inn. The staff's great. They'll take good care of you. Rooms are clean and lovely, and uh, we love those guys. They take really good care of us. Also, part two is sponsored by Recovery Strong. Recovery Strong is all about fighting addiction and strengthening recovery. If you want to get you some recovery apparel that fights the stigma and wear your recovery out loud, go to recoverystrong.com. They make some pretty cool t-shirts and pretty cool hats. Uh, they got some sweaters for all you northern Utah people like these two Orem boys I got sitting next to me. I'm sure they could use some sweaters up in that freezing cold oh, tundra man, of northern cold. Utah. It's cold yes. up there. Go to recoverystrong.com. Uh, grab you some gear if on... Uh, bleh, bleh. When you check out, type in We Do Recover 15. There's my Jared Miller. Type in We Do Recover 15 to save yourself 15% off your entire cart. Beautiful. You like that radio voice at the end? I like it. Let's go back. Let's get back All right, to it. Let's do it. So I'm not going to call you Paul again, okay? <laughs> um, I think I know a guy named Paul Clausen, I think is where I came up with okay. that. Okay. I'll take uh, it. Anyway, so Jason, we left Jason, and uh, yep. uh, Jason has barely gotten through uh, uh, the funeral of his wife. Uh -huh. And uh, take us from there. Tell cool. us what happened after that. So after the funeral, I, I struggled for about nine months. Mm -hmm. And I was just uh, like in slow motion. And everybody was being happy around me. And I was just kind of in this funk. And I remember getting to a point where it's just like, I just, I'm, I'm struggling. I can't do this anymore. So I remember driving. I, I left my work and I went to a parking lot, a church parking lot. And I, I text 14 of my friends family and neighbors. And I said, I need help. I need support. I need you in my life. Can you show up to my house tonight? And I want to just open up my heart and tell you what's going on. So I, I sent that out to him. And then I went home that night and I was like, I hope this works. So seven o'clock, everybody started to pour into my front room and they sat in a circle and guys, I call, I called my own intervention and wow. uh, I sat in that group of people and I began to pour out my heart and tell them what was going on. And for some people that struggled to know what to do and help, you almost have to tell them to invite them back in. And once you give them permission, then they become really good allies to help you through that process. But you have to give them permission. 
So in that, I, I took off my backpack and I unloaded like, this is what's going on. I poured out my heart. And in that moment, I love to call this my healing team. And then in recovery, we call this our, our recovery team. Yeah. And, um, it began to help me in this instance. And what I did is I called a captain in my team and whenever I would go through a struggle or a difficult day or be reminded and it was emotionally overwhelming, I knew I could text one word to my captain. And once my captain received that word, then they would send out a text to my team and my team had specific assignments to help me. So my parents would do the, they would come over and do my laundry another team member would come over and they would take my kids. Another one would bring me uh, food. Another one would give me uplifting messages. So That's I, so cool. I, re I created this healing team to help me. And I knew from that moment, then if it got really hard, I knew my team could help me through anything that I was going through. And it gave me so much ex confidence to be able to say, I'm not doing this alone. I'm doing this together. And the opposite of addiction is connection, connection. right? Yeah. Jason, I'm impressed, man. I don't, I don't know that I could get a team together that would love me and care <laughs> about me that much. Like I, I'm, I'm genuinely sitting here pretty impressed. It's a cool, it's a cool concept that he just created, which is not necessarily totally created by you, but I mean, what a great concept. Yeah. Put together the people that you know that love you. Yeah. And tell them what you need. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? What a great novel idea. Yeah. And it gives them permission to help you. And these are people that are grieving too. So it helps them grieve through the process sure. by helping you. Sure. Absolutely. You created your own little environment for everybody to heal in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And by, the and way, by the way, Jared, I've met your family. Yeah. They'd show up. They, they probably And would. I'm coming too. <laughs> I'm coming too, so don't worry about what, what's it. We in, got you. What's interesting, we've talked about what the options are with my boys and what I was going to do. And in that moment, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I decided to step away from therapy and I quit my job. Because what I was finding that my memories and what me and my boys were functioning on were sad and depressed memories. Uh -huh. And that wasn't sustainable. Mm. So I said, my boys don't deserve this. Yeah. They deserve to be happy. So I quit my job and I sat down at the kitchen table and I said, boys, we're going to, we're, dad has the summer off and we're going to make a bucket list. So we sat down and we create a bucket list of things that we wanted to accomplish. And the biggest thing with this is it goes back to the connection piece is I, I mean, these were like go horseback riding, um, go fishing, plant a tree in, in my wife's honor, simple things. But we reached out on Facebook, got a connection. Those people set it up and we did it together. We connected. They would ask questions to us. They could help us. And I created kind of a, a therapy session where they, they could follow up and they could support us and they could connect us through difficult times. So it became a way of life for us to heal. What was the, what was the inspiration behind that? Like, how did you come up with that? That's <laughs> that is, I'm impressed. Pretty was cool. there like some type of movie you watched or song you heard or I, poem or, I mean, do you know, I was, I mean, it was, I think that it, it came from, I would do at, at this time where I quit my job, I was doing some like morning mindfulness, just shutting off the noise and just listening to my heart and what my heart needed. And it just popped into my head and I was like, that's what my boys need. That's so cool. I had to turn off the noise and what was going on to be able to focus on, to hear what I needed. So that, that's where that came from. And, uh, it's been, it, it's been a huge blessing for me and my boys. I don't know. I don't know if you've been watching. I've, I've actually stopped listening a second ago, but I started watching and you can see it in your face. <laughs> yeah. Take me away for a second. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can, man. Your face is lit up and you are yeah. like, you can tell that, that Thank you. you've brilliantly you, you figured out a way. Like you grieved during this podcast for a second. Yeah. But now look at, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. One, one of the, things on there was when we were going through cancer treatment with my wife, someone came by and had a sunshine um, bucket and they gave it to us. And I remember my boys being happy and laughing again. My wife that had no hair, she was laughing. And I remember my brain took a picture and I was like, that is such an awesome memory that I'll never forget. What this, was in the sunshine bucket? It was just a bunch of yellow stuff and fun stuff that made you happy and just, um, candy and sweets 
And I remember, I'll never forget that. So what we did on that um, bucket list is we said, we want to make a lemonade stand and we're going to raise money and we're going to create two buckets and deliver to people and give back to people that were suffering. So we made a lemonade stand. And by the time the lemonade stand got over, <laughs> we had $1,500. Get off a lemonade stand. Yeah, just a neighborhood lemonade wow. stand. And we're, I was like, what are we going to do? So I, I, I reached out to a group of... Um, uh, girls in our in our church group, and I said, "Can you make twenty five baskets?" So we made twenty five sunshine baskets, and what we began to do is we threw it out on Facebook, and we said, "Hey, is there anybody struggling that lost a spouse or is going through a difficult time? Me and my boys want to go and deliver these to you." So again, service and pay it forward, and again we we. <laughs> kind of didn't know what we were doing, but I remember driving to the first house and we go in and we gave it to this, this family that just lost a, her husband in a construction accident. And it was life changing. My boys were teaching their kids how to get through this. Yeah. I was coaching them. I was saying, it sucks. It'll get better. And I could tell them what to do the next couple of months and what it was like. And it became a way of life for us. And, and we begin to heal people and we begin to heal ourselves by giving back and helping people in and by doing service. And it was, it was life changing. You know what I love the most about that? So this is a podcast. There's a couple things. This is a podcast about recovery, right? Uh -huh. from, from addiction. Yeah. But that right there goes to show that the principles apply across the board. hundred percent. Like you had got done grieving the loss of your wife. You put together some service work and started giving back and helping other people who are going through a similar thing that you're going through. We also have, I mean, I know people that have gotten transplants and they go back to people that are waiting to get transplants and we'll like talk to them about the transplant and talk to them about what to expect. And right. Like that, that just the, you know, that human connection and that I've been there, you can do this too. Like that encouragement, you know, it, that the universalism in it all, right? Yeah, like yeah. we all can, can give hope and, and inspire each other. Like that's beautiful. Here's yeah. the interesting part that came to my mind is we're all, um, have been in the same industry. Uh -huh. We've all worked in the treatment industry, right? Yeah. And we all teach people how to do these concepts, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Except when it comes to yourself somehow, like when I, when I try to project myself into your situation, I'm like at loss as to what I would have done next. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You didn't. You you figured out that, hey, I've been teaching this stuff for these all these years now. I wonder if I should try them on myself. Yeah. You know, and it, and it really worked out. But it, uh, I think that's a really important thing because sometimes we – as people who might teach other people how to live through difficult times, we don't always tell ourselves the same advice. Yeah. But yeah. you used your own advice and, and got through. Yeah, it, it works. The other <laughs> thing, the other thing I want to point out how cool. So we have this podcast is all across the United States, mm -hmm. right? We have downloads in every single state, except for, I believe one at this point. Name that state, Jared. Nebraska. We're going to come. We're going to Nebraska. We're going, to, we're going to take a road trip to Nebraska and so, podcast from there. So I just want to point out how cool the Utah community is. Mm -hmm. Like you, the way people rallied over a lemonade stand, oh, you, ra cool. you raised oh, yeah. 1500 yeah. Was it 1500 yeah. bucks? Yep. Like you put together these giving sunshine tins, cans, packages for other people. Like you couldn't have done that if it wasn't for the, the cool community that we live in in Utah. It's connection. No question. Like that is to but, me, it's, it's amazing. But let me point out, there's people like this everywhere, right? Right. They're right. Everywhere. I just got to, I just got to fl fly the Utah flag. No for question. Me, you know, thanks They're But they're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, giving sunshine, let's keep moving on. Yeah. The crazy thing is when I started putting it on Facebook, I got people requests from across the country mm, and beautiful. then I'm like, how do I get a bucket Basket. to someone? Yeah. So I went back to the drawing board and we designed a box and we begin to ship them across the country. The infamous Val boxes. Uh-huh. Be like Val box. And, and today, I think we're in 32 states wow. that we've delivered Beautiful. a box. And there's some going to Canada. There's some going to Australia. And there's some going to the UK as we speak. So wow. it's, it's just been a way of life that we've been able to help people all over the world 
that need help that are going through hard times, but champion this cause. And, and I call it, it's a sunshine movement to help people through difficult times. We need it more than ever to create some connections because of COVID and everything else as disconnected and mental health is going through the roof because people are so isolated. We need connection and we need everybody to help. So how does giving sunshine work, man? Like, like if I, if I know somebody or if I don't know somebody and I just want to give to the cause, this is, you do this full time now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my buddy that was my biggest support, um, <laughs> he came to me and he says, Jason, I am inspired by what you've done. And he helped me through some of the most difficult times. He was even in that healing team meeting. He says, I love what you're doing and I am inspired by it. He says, I think we need to do this on a bigger scale and we need to provide these boxes to people that need help. So we've, we've teamed up and instead of a yellow box full of fun stuff, like a feel good for the moment is I've taken my therapy background and we begin to design therapy tools to be able to help people heal. So cool. So, so it's not just a fun box. It makes you feel good. These are actually tools in there to help people get through some of these difficult moments and connect with your own healing team through, 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 through their difficult times. Yeah. A system to move through the stages yeah. of grief. So, so one of my favorite things that we've designed and put together in there, remember people don't know what to say and do. Right. So we created these conversational cards. You got a deck of conversational cards and what it does <laughs> is, is you, you, let's say my, I just lost my wife, but I get oh. a, a box. I take my deck of cards and I hand them to you guys. Cause you're in my healing team and the deck of cards are questions and what to say text or, or have phone calls with that person. So prompts you what to say and how to help them through a difficult moment. So it just coaches them and it takes the hard work and you can be present and you can be available for them. We've written children's book um, to be able to help open up that dialogue and that conversations and begin the healing process when you're going through it. So just, just awesome stuff like that to help people. So That's, not just a box, it's, I call it therapy in a box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Or at least it starts the, the yeah. process of that therapy, right? Yeah. It's a Kickstarter. Yeah. It's a, hey, look, you know, instead of sitting in the sorrow, instead of letting this eat you alive, here's some proactive steps yeah. to, to start to heal. Yeah. And which, I'm, which people could use that. People can definitely use that. Yeah. And I'm so passionate about it. I stepped away from working at a, uh, uh, adolescent, uh, you know, IOP program to be able to do this full time. Cause I'm feel passionate about it and I want people to heal and I want to help people. So coming up is we have a Kickstarter that's coming up, um, actually, uh, March 15th. Um, that's like right around the corner. Yeah. It's, it's, I've reached out to almost everybody I know because we want people to get around this, uh, sunshine movement and to be able to donate or purchase a box that you can go deliver to people and have the same experience I did. And uh, if we can get enough um, people behind us, we're going to go full time with this. We're going to produce a lot more of these. And the cool thing is I might be coming back to talk to you guys. If thing, if we get funded, what I want to do is I want to create a recovery box that we can send mm. out uh, that we design and we can get back to people that need help. So a recovery box, a military box, a first responders, a healthcare. We have so many awesome ideas, but we need people to get behind us so that we can provide connection and healing all across the world. Okay. How are we going to do that? <laughs> how are we going to get, let's Hey, when he said a sunshine movement, I didn't know what that looked like until right now. Cause I can picture every single one <laughs> yep. of those situations sure. and people receiving boxes and it really helping people. And listen, we, we need it right now more than ever. hundred percent. Okay. So tell us about some of the ways that you need help. Like what do people do if they, as inspired by this episode, as I have been, what do you want people to so do? So we want people to get on Kickstarter and there's ways to donate. And then we also want to, so um, on Kickstarter, they're looking for, uh, giving sunshine. Uh huh. Giving okay. sunshine, okay. and and we can attach a, a link to the the podcast Absolutely. so you can find it. Um, and then what we've we've recently teamed up with a, a knife company that um, we have a, a a partnership where we 
promote each other and we help each other. So we promote them, they promote us so that we can help business. And and they, they actually made a, a yellow sunshine knife for us oh, <laughs> that has our logo on there. And all the proceeds from the knife are 20% of the proceeds from the knife will go back to uh, giving sunshine. And so is, is giving sunshine a 501c3 nonprofit? Is it? It's an um, LLC. Okay. Yeah. But it, it operate, it acts like a, like a nonprofit, but we're going to have a nonprofit arm where we can give back and we can have ways of giving back all across the country. So that's what we want. And listen, I, I'll pull out a quote from a, a guy I know sitting next to me named Dr. Sellers. It, it's not terrible to make money doing what you love. Yeah. There's yeah. no harm in that. Yeah. In fact, that is the dream. Right is to be able to kind do something you love. Right, that's what we're all looking for. We're, we're all looking to love what we do, but you do that by doing what you love. Yeah. Especially when you've been inspired, like the way you've been inspired, Jason. Like, right. but I, I just want to help people heal and be connected, and I lived it, so I want to be able to provide that for many people, whether it be in different, like whether it be for grieving or cancer or addiction. Like I, I, we just want to help. That's, that's what people need. They just need teams all over the place to connect. And the coolest thing I like about the idea is it's, it's unexpected, right? Like if I'm going through a tough time and all of a sudden I get a box at my door, like, how does it work? In other words, I'm not going to order a box for myself. No, no. So people will get, once it's available, they'll get on the website They'll click on the box that is specific for their situation and you can either go hand deliver it or you can have it delivered to their, their door. And then they receive the message and you can go over and you can talk to them and help them. And, and what we're working on is some technology. When they open up the box, you can record a, a, a personalized message from the people that sent them. Wow. And so they open it up and they see a message from Jared and Dr. Sellers and be like, oh my gosh, that means so much. It'll be a cool box. Huh? Yeah. 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 Well, just the simple fact that, you know, somebody cares hundred percent. You know, cause sometimes like I, listen, I've been through way too many funerals and I'm with you, Jason, you know, it can be awkward. They don't know what to say. You don't know how to, <laughs> they don't know what to say. You don't know how to respond. Right. Uh -huh. And so this is a way back to, you know, let me know what I can do for you. Yeah. Well, exactly. this is something you could do for somebody that's unexpected. It's going to make their day. It's going to give them some resources, but it helps them heal right. and be happy again. That's the important part. Right. Yeah. And right now in the industry, there's boxes of like cookies or a stuffed animal or people send flowers and those die. That reminds me of the person dying. So this is just a box to be able to help heal. It just helps them. Yeah. I love it. And, love and remember it. what the doctor said to me, guys, cancer has a way of yeah, it, uh, enhancing, enhancing your life. Your life. So it, as, as I, as I've gone this journey and as I look back, I'm like, that's what the doctor meant. This is my opportunity to enhance my life by being connected. I, I've met some of the most incredible people here, some of the most amazing stories. And again, Terry, it's just like, I get to do what I get to do. I'm, I'm passionate about it, help people. And that's enhancing my life, enhancing my kid's life. Um, and, and through my journey and doing my work, um, I've been able to remarry again to uh, Kirsten, who actually lost her husband through cancer as wow. well. Get out of wow. here. And, and our stories are similar as far as the time frame, but we get each other, we understand, and she fits so perfectly into my family situation that it just, we continue to be happy and healthy again. We do that together. Okay. And then <laughs> that all comes for full circle for me. And there's your why. Yeah. Why did, this, why did this have to happen to me, God? So you can learn to serve other people. But again, also, like, why did I have to work in all these recovery programs? Like, right. And There's I'm like, why. oh, my gosh, because I had to internalize so the principles to be able to do in my own life. And then I can go and teach people how to help heal and recover and to be happier again. I was like, oh, my gosh doing that over and over was so stressful and hard. And I was like, I, I got it. <laughs> it's almost like a concept we have in medicine of, so in medical school with the thing about like learning a, a, a skill, so a surgery, see one, do one, teach one. Mm -hmm. You had sort of all three of those phases where yeah. you saw tragedy 
and then you lived through tragedy and now you are helping people yeah, through tragedy. Absolutely. So it's cool. So I know that right now there's a huge uh, epidemic going on with overdoses from fentanyl and stuff. And this is a podcast about recovery from addiction. Listen, listen, grief is grief, whether you lose somebody from cancer, whether you lose somebody from an overdose, what advice would you have for somebody who has experienced the loss of a loved one from any to move out of that darkness that, as you put it, the fog setting in? Yeah. I think that the thing that I learned personally was, um, is you, you need to reach out and talk to people. Uh, you need to invite people in your circle of influence. And it's hard. It's difficult. Trust me, I'm a male person that just wants to think I'm doing okay and I'm strong. But for the sure. hardest thing to reach out and pour out my heart was the hardest thing. But it was the most helpful. So connecting with a healing team or people that are in circle of influence that can help you heal. That's that's. Cause, cause again, the opposite of addiction, the ops, opposite of grieving, loneliness, depression is connection. Mm -hmm. So finding a way to connect to some people that can help you, you can link arms and then you don't have to be the strongest person because you have a team until you become strong on your own. It's beautiful. We got about 30 seconds left. How do is people there... get a hold of him? Oh yeah. How do people get a hold of you, Jason? So you can find us on uh, Instagram and Facebook at uh, Giving Sunshine Daily. And then you can go to our website. It's givingsunshine.org. Phenomenal. Leave us with the last message for our audience. There's about 10 seconds, so I have to. It's okay. The shot clock. I just want to thank you. Happiness for is achievable again. Yeah. There, you, there go. you go. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by Steps Recovery Center and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. This has been a production from a podcast studio.